Welcome to Fresh Off the Set. I'm Carrie Hawker Diaz. And I'm Alora Murray. Thank you so much for joining us today. All right. Usually we try to have a little bit of fun on our podcast and everything. And, you know, that's there's a time and a place for that. There's also time and a place for things that are serious, that are consistent in our community that we want to help people with. And today the subject is depression. Yes. Yes. And actually it's more prevalent than I think people realize. If mm-hmm. you have not suffered yourself, then you probably know someone who has. And in fact, to I'm going to use some numbers because sometimes numbers just really resonate with yeah. people. Like if you bring numbers out, according to the National Institute of Mental Health, one in five adults in the United States have a mental illness. One in five in the United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, and that's why we wanted to discuss it today. And I talked to Nicole from Valley Behavior Health and we talked about like, what are the signs? So if you're just mm-hmm. looking for simple, like, you know what, I'm not feeling great. It's been a few days. Do I need some assistance? Do I need some further assistance? So we talk about the signs of depression. We also talk about how we can tell the difference between being really, really sad and being depressed. So there's two differences. And she she is a wealth of knowledge with this subject, and she is uh, she was wonderful to have on this podcast. I actually share my own story that uh, I have been suffering with depression for, it's probably been about five years now, so I kind of talked about what I was feeling, how I am doing today, and things that have helped me, which I hope that, in turn, that can help somebody else listening. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the really things I'm really excited to hear is sometimes it's hard to know the difference between feeling sad and actually having depression and needing to go that one step further to help yourself feel better. But as with all of our podcasts, we have solutions. With all of our mental health podcasts, there's a solution to help you feel better. We talk about giving you tips because with any mental illness, there is always hope. There is always hope. And that's what Nicole talks about. She gives plenty of resources for you if you are feeling this or you may be feeling this. So um, if this is for you, this is a great episode. I was um, happy to share my story. Hopefully it helps someone out there. And uh, well, should we just give it a listen? Let's do it. Okay. I am here with Nicole with Valley Behavioral Health. She's a clinical director of Children, Youth, and Family Services. Thank you so much for sitting down with me and talking today, Nicole. We really appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Okay, so let's maybe just start with depression. What is it defined as? So depression, there's actually a few different kinds of depression, but what most people refer to and hear about is called major depressive disorder. And in a nutshell, that is, um, it's a mental illness characterized by persistent depressed mood, which causes significant impairment in your daily functioning and lasts for two or more weeks. Okay, two or more weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, How can we tell the difference between being really, really sad, because we all have those moments, or being depressed? So one way to tell is that two-week marker. So most people who are feeling really, really sad, it lasts for a couple of days, maybe a few days, maybe a week, whereas depression lasts for two weeks or longer. Um, Another area is when we're really sad, we might feel pretty bad, but we can still function. We can still do all of the things in our daily lives that Mm -hmm. we normally do. But people with depression really experience that significant impact in their day-to-day functioning. So maybe they can't get out of bed in the morning. They can't go to work. They can't go to school. Or if they do force themselves into those situations, they're not really accomplishing anything at their jobs or not performing to the level that is typical for them. Maybe they aren't playing with their kids after school or not doing meals for their families. It's, it's a really significant impact on functioning. You're kind of like floating through. 
your day. You're not like yeah. really involved with kind everything, of like, right? Kind of like a zombie. Just yeah. Going through the motions, but not enjoying anything. What are the signs that we look for with somebody, maybe somebody else, family member, a friend of depression or in ourselves? So obviously depressed mood. Um, that needs to be present, though, for most of nearly every day. Irritability is really common in people, especially males with depression, and especially in children and teens. Mm. Loss of interest or pleasure in things that normally bring you pleasure. Significant weight gain or loss or major changes in appetite. Significant changes in sleep, either more or less sleep. And interestingly to me, is that's usually the symptom that brings people through the door seeking treatment, or maybe they go to their primary care doctor and say, like, I'm having so much trouble sleeping, or I've just been sleeping all the time. Like, can you give me some blood work? They might not even recognize that what's really going on is depression. That's the most common symptom. Also, fatigue or loss of energy, feelings mm-hmm. of worthlessness or excessive guilt. So really beating yourself up over things that other objective people would know weren't your fault. Decreased ability to concentrate or ability to make decisions. And then the big one, recurrent thoughts of death or suicide. But not everybody who is depressed thinks of suicide. Sure, sure. Now, we, t- we talked a little earlier about children, which you're saying you work with a lot of youth and kids that you see this even as young as age six in children are they the Mm -hmm. same signs that we would see in adults and teens yeah it's really similar signs and symptoms the criteria that I just read come from the DSM which is the manual that all mental health professionals use to diagnose mental illness um, that it's not different for children we just we see a lot more irritability in children with depression okay like you're saying with men too can be yeah. manifest in men mm-hmm. what are there triggers that you're seeing or you think there are um, for depression of depression yeah for some people there are triggers maybe like just a normal life stress or stressful event like the death of a loved one or the loss of a job or children move out of the home those things can certainly trigger depression also sometimes there are no known triggers somebody is going along in life just fine and then one day they wake up and they just don't feel like themselves and that can progressively get worse especially if they don't recognize what's going on and they don't seek any kind of treatment then that can just kind of snowball sure I wanted to take a second and kind of share my story. I have not been public about this, so forgive me if I'm a little nervous. I've told Nicole that, like, before we started, like, I'm nervous about this because I haven't shared this publicly. I, I put it a little bit on my social, but um, I have depression. Um, I think it started with me after my baby. Um, I uh, My daughter was born in 2017. Um, four weeks after she was born, um, a pet that I'd had for 15 years, um, we had to put down. And uh, she was like my everything. My She just was with me through the ups, the downs, and uh, she uh, had cancer. And so we had to put her down. This was four weeks after I had my baby. The next day, um, my dad was diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia. And that came out of nowhere. And so I had this newborn baby. I was trying to figure out how to support my family. Um, My parents could not be there for me um, with my baby. Um, So I was kind of going through doing everything on my own. My husband was there and wonderful. But now I'm panicked about my dad and trying to help them. Um, And he went through a rigorous treatment of uh, chemotherapy. And uh, he uh, eventually was given a terminal diagnosis. And so we were planning, uh, planning, they told us he had months to live. Um, And the visits with, I just pictured it so differently, (laughs) visiting, you know, my, with my new baby, his grandchild, all our visits were in the hospital. Um, It was pre-COVID, so children Mm -hmm. could still go into the hospital. But um, my whole world had been like flipped upside down. And um, 
he was given terminal diagnosis, like I said, and so he was buying Christmas presents for people, thinking these are the last gifts he's ever giving his children, and uh, it was a really rough time. And uh, then there was a trial um, at Huntsman, which is a cancer institute for people here in Utah, that uh, he started a trial, um, and he immediately went into remission. And then he had a bone marrow transplant, and he is still here today and thriving and doing wonderful. A few months, though, after my dad was, uh, he had his bone marrow transplant, my mom was diagnosed with colon cancer. And hers was not great. It was stage three um, aggressive. And uh, this was last May, so 2021. Um, and then uh, she passed away in just this February. And um, so the five, my five years, the last five years of my life have just been a roller coaster. And I feel like it triggered from... Uh, postpartum, but I was also dealing with my dad having cancer. Mm -hmm. And so um, medication immediately helped me. Um, Exercise helped me just moving. And I'm not talking about running marathons or I am not a marathon runner, but um, exercise, I feel like it's a, it's a, it's a team effort. It's maybe not just one thing and not everyone needs medication and not everyone needs, you know, all of these things, but I, I, how I felt was alone and talking to everyone out there if you if you are feeling this way you are not alone please know that um I felt kind of like how I could describe it as I I knew there were wonderful things in my life I knew that I had a healthy baby and there were great things at a wonderful job but I couldn't feel it it was like in black and white I couldn't feel that and even if like I would think well I just need to think positive about something I just need to you know wake up and think okay you know there's these positives I knew that but I couldn't feel it and so that's when I knew that I needed and it went on for weeks and weeks and weeks mm-hmm. plus all my family situation so um that is why I I am still on medication and it's helped me tremendously and that's kind of what's worked for me. But I know that's not the answer for everyone, but I just wanted to share my story so people know that you are not alone. There are so many resources. There are so many people that deal with this on a daily basis. We just, sometimes we don't talk about it a lot. Um, So that's why I think we don't hear that more people suffer. Mm -hmm. Don't you think? I do think so. Um, And I really applaud you for your decision to talk publicly about it because I think it diminishes the stigma that is attached to depression for other people. And the more people who we can just talk about it, like we talk about diabetes or we talk about cancer, like it's just another disease that some people struggle with and some people don't. Right, right. Um, And I think it's really important here in Utah because our rates of depression in Utah are higher than the national average and not enough people are getting the help that they need. And there actually is quite a bit that we can do to treat depression. It's very, very treatable for the majority of people. Well, and I think sometimes if you're if you're down in the depths, it is so hard, and I've been there, it is so hard to, like, make a phone call or think of mm-hmm. what am I going to do. But, uh, and I'm not a professional here, but it, my advice would be to know that you don't have to have all the answers, that there are people out there that will help you and guide you mm-hmm. to know what to do. Um, and, and I think that we're finally at a day and age where we're talking about mental health. We're talking about, you know, anxiety, depression, and these things that happen to us just like if you have a broken arm or, right. you know, that it's a real thing. And yep. and there are so many answers. So please do not feel alone. And I, one thing that I think that's making it harder, although, in this day and age is social media. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I totally agree. I work with a lot of youth and adolescents. And I think that social media can be sometimes really positive for people. It can create a support system for people who maybe don't otherwise have one. And on the flip side, it can really damage people's mental health. 
Um, there's just so much comparing that goes on on the internet. Instagram, Snapchat, you see pictures of everybody else, but all of those pictures are filtered. Yeah. But you're not necessarily thinking of that when you're looking at the pictures. You're just comparing yourself to these other people. And why don't I look like them? Why do they have these great lives? And I'm at home alone on a Saturday night. And so it can really fuel feelings of inadequacy and feelings of depression. It can oftentimes be a trigger for adolescents in mm. the first place. And also I'm saying adolescents, but not just adolescents. That that can also affect adults. Adults can fall into that exact same trap of really getting wrapped up in the comparisons sure. and then ending up feeling really, really badly about themselves and kind of getting snuck and snowballed, stuck and snowballing with that. Right. What do you suggest that we do? I mean, I know that it's it's right in front of us. It's on our, it's such a habit that we have of like, oh, I got to check this. It's right here. And is there any, any tips you have on like helping our minds with social media? Because I know it really affects us. Yeah, I think it's a great idea for all people, um, children, teens, adults to frequently take social media breaks, even if it's only for a week. Just take a break from it, get away, focus on what's going on in actual real life. I think it's especially important to take social media breaks and longer social media breaks if you are experiencing depression and you're aware that social media is maybe not being such a positive influence in your life. Mm -hmm. I recommend taking longer breaks, a month, maybe two months while you're initiating treatment for depression and hopefully starting to feel better. Take a break. Mm -hmm. Take take, a break. Just reset. Put that phone away or at least, you know, maybe disable those apps so you're not constantly checking them. Um, Okay, so once we have gotten to the point where we think, okay, I may have depression or I may, my sister or my daughter or, you know, we've recognized that it's probably maybe the situation what, what steps do you suggest we take for resources? So uh, at Valley Behavioral Health, we offer services for people of all ages, children all the way through the elderly. Um, we can look at our website, valleycares.com. You can reach out on by phone at 888-949-4864 and just tell the person who answers the phone that you're struggling, you think you have depression, and you would like to come in and be seen, and they will coordinate all of that for you. And I want to also mention sometimes it's really difficult to make that phone call. Mm -hmm. If you're depressed, Mm -hmm. you have, you feel very little energy and maybe you might need help making that phone call. So even if you find one person in your life that you know you can count on and let that person know, hey, I'm really struggling. I think I need help. I'd like to reach out. Can you help me? Mm -hmm. And have that person with you to help you make that call. There's something to be said that if you've kind of dug yourself out of that hole, congratulate yourself because it is a tough place. I've been there to get out of that bunk that Mm -hmm. you're in. Um, And if you're currently in that, know that there is help and they... Uh, th- there's a website, there's a, you know, resources and um, that you, you can, you can do this. And Nicole and I are sitting here and we want to tell you, you can do this mm-hmm. and you don't have to have all the answers and there will be people to help you along the way Absolutely. to figure out what is the best route for you. Let's go back to talking about depression. Do we say we have, I mean, I've, I've been dealing with it for about five years now. Is this something that someone would need to worry about dealing with the rest of their life? Can this be something that is just temporary? What what do you see? So most people who have depression are going to experience what we call depressive episodes multiple times throughout their lives, especially if they have not received effective treatment. Some people may only have a couple of episodes of depressive episodes during their lives, either because 
in like in your situation, the episodes are coming after big major stressors and they're just prone to experiencing depression after things that are that big. Or maybe they're only having a couple of episodes during their life because they have sought effective treatment. Mm. And then there's a lower percentage of people who experience something that is called persistent depressive disorder, which is a chronic, persistent kind of low-level depression that lasts for two years or more. That's a smaller percentage of people. A smaller percentage. Um, what is something about depression that people should know that maybe isn't common knowledge and maybe it's a misconception? Do you have anything that comes to the top of your head? Yeah, I think a misconception is that people who are depressed just aren't trying hard enough, or maybe they're just lazy, or maybe they're not thinking positively enough. And that's really not the case. You actually said this in your example, you were trying really hard, you were doing all the things, you just couldn't feel it. You were incapable of feeling any kind of pleasure or joy. That is what depression is. It doesn't have anything to do with how much somebody is trying or somebody just staying in bed because they don't feel like getting up because they're having a lazy day. It's not about that. It, it, it is about, it is a serious mental illness that requires treatment. Oh, I feel that so hardcore, Nicole. That is so <laughs> true. I mean, it's just, it's, the only way I can explain is everything is just in, nothing is in color and I'm doing, I'm managing it well now, but when I was having my really rough times, nothing is in color mm-hmm. and you don't feel, you may know that things are good or there's positives in your life. And someone may say, hey, just put a smile on. You're like, no, that's yeah. I, I can do that, but I'm going to still feel the same, you know? So that that's so true that it's just not laziness or you just don't want to get out of bed. You truly can't function. Right. If we're feeling depressed, what kinds of tools can we use to get ourselves out of that state, maybe like right in the moment? So easy peasy things that we can do as individuals is get some sun. So 20 to 30 minutes of sunlight a day. Mm, is, that vitamin D. Uh-huh. It can be really helpful. Supplements are not the same. You actually need the sun. Um, at least 30 minutes of exercise every day or if not every day, most days of the week. Just like you said, exercise really helped you because you're getting those endorphins running. Those are your your natural happy chemicals. Yep. Um, eating a healthy, well-balanced diet can be really helpful. The more whole foods, the better. The less sugar, the, rest, the less processed stuff, the better. Uh, connecting with friends and family, of course. I mean, just to be social, especially if you're a social person, if you start to retract, <laughs> it doesn't right. feel great, even though you feel like it, you know, you don't want to be social, but being social, if you are, mm-hmm. helps Right. And, it, and it's hard because when you're depressed, you don't want to go exercise. You Mm-mm. don't want to go hang out with your friends. You don't want to do those things. And that's oftentimes where therapy can help because you can learn tools to kind of push through that barrier so that you can start engaging in those activities again. Yeah. Um, and also another thing tool wise is to really avoid alcohol and other substances. They might feel good in the moment. They might make you think that you're feeling better in the moment, but research shows that they actually negatively impact depression in the moderate and long term. Okay. Those are some really good tips. And you touched on therapy. When, if we decide to go that route and talk with a therapist, how can they help us when we have depression? So therapists can help by using evidence-based therapy interventions. So examples of that would be cognitive behavioral therapy is really common for depression. Dialectical behavior therapy is really common for depression. And just helping people learn the tools or learning the connection between their thoughts, their feelings, and their behaviors, and then learning tools to help change those thought patterns. Also, therapists can help teach skills around tolerating distress a little bit better, regulating emotions a little bit better, 
Um, so we're not slipping into those extremes of emotions. Mm-hmm. And I think a big one, therapists can be a safe, non-judgmental, objective person in your life. Oftentimes, like we have great friends and family, but we might not want to talk to them when we're really struggling. For a lot of people, it's because they don't want to be a burden on their family or their friends. Sometimes maybe they want to talk about things that they haven't yet shared with their family and friends, and they're not in a place to do that yet. So they need that safe, non-judgmental, objective person separate from their support group. Sure. When I think therapists are trained also to know how to help you with, you know, what you're dealing with. Um, I see a therapist weekly and uh, it's work sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, where I will, I'll think, oh, well, today I could just go do this, but I have therapy. Dang it. You know, (laughs) but then afterwards I am, I feel so much better. Mm -hmm. Now you can do it on your phone where I don't even have to drive anywhere. So it makes it a lot easier. And uh, my therapist has really helped me work through everything I've gone through uh, in the last five years, but also going back to like childhood stuff. You may have stuff that you don't even realize, you know, is, Mm -hmm. is coming up later in your life. Um, But therapy really also helped me. Um, I think it's important to note with depression specifically, most people respond best to a combination of therapy, medication, and then those lifestyle changes that we talked about. It's really treatable. And most people respond best when we take a holistic approach. That's a good point. Doing kind of like, you know, what works for you, a bunch of a bunch mm-hmm. of different things. If we have someone in our life that we feel has depression or kind of heading down that road, any suggestions on the steps we should take to help them? Yeah, I think first and foremost is not avoiding it. Talking with them in a non-judgmental, loving way about what you've noticed and what you're concerned about. Offering to help them, for example. So encouraging professional help and then offering to help them obtain that professional help. So like we talked about earlier, maybe they need help making that phone call or going online to the website, just offering to do that with them. I think it's also really important to never minimize what somebody might be experiencing or comparing your situation to what they're going through. Maybe maybe they lost a pet and they didn't have a significant reaction afterwards. Maybe they were kind of over that and processed it within two days, whereas somebody else that might trigger a depressive episode. So really being cautious to not compare or minimize and rather You want to do a lot of validating. So if somebody reaches out to you and they're actually confiding in you about what they're going through, making statements like, wow, I can hear what's hard. I can really hear what's hard about that for you. Or, wow, that sounds really difficult. That's that's the answer is just being non non judgmental because that's the last thing you want when you're feeling when you're feeling like that. I remember just feeling kind of hopeless and that people might judge me. um, And that's the last thing you want. So hopefully you're surrounded by people that you can talk to. Um, what are you seeing at Valley Behavioral Health kind of now? Is it is it teens? Is it children? Is it adults with, you know, that are coming to you? Or is it kind of a mix? It's definitely a mix. We serve the full gamut, the full age range from childhood all the way through the elderly. People struggle with depression throughout their entire lives. So kind of, I mean, from age six on up. Yep. Yeah. Men, women, everybody. Okay. I really appreciate you chatting with me today. I feel like we've covered a lot. Thank you for giving me the space to share my story also. And Nicole, you're an amazing human and everything you're doing. I think we just want to remind people that they're not alone if they're feeling this, right? Absolutely. Um, 
thank you for having me. I think it's really important to be talking about mental health issues and really putting it out there because there's nothing to be ashamed of for anybody. And there's nothing to be ashamed of. I just want to repeat that. Absolutely nothing. Because you know what? A lot of us suffer and it's it's sometimes in silence because we don't talk about it enough. Right. So let's talk about it. Absolutely. And I just encourage anybody out there who's listening to seek help if they feel like they're experiencing this valleycares.com or reaching out by phone 888-949-4864. Perfect. Can you do those one more time just for someone and maybe just grabbing a pen right now one more time? <laughs> valleycares.com 888-949-4864. Perfect. Nicole, I've really enjoyed chatting with you. Thank you for all the valuable information today. Thank you. And uh, hopefully we can have you on again. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of Fresh Off the Set. Please rate, review, and subscribe, and we will see you next week. Congrats, you made it to the end. If you want to continue to freshen up your day, you can watch us on Fresh Living every weekday on CBS Channel 2 in Utah at 1 o'clock. You can also watch us on our YouTube channel, KUTV Fresh Living, and follow us on social media. We will see you next week.